Mm, okay. Hi, everyone. Good evening. <clears throat> so, um, before we sit tonight, I want to just go over um, two different um, forms of what I would call soft or open perception that I think are um, an important part of the kind of awareness that we bring when we practice mindfulness or meditation. And um, so let me begin with the concept of the soft gaze or soft eyes, okay? So um, our vision has uh, two kind of major modalities. Um, one is called foveal or central vision, which we use when we look at something directly in front of us, um, and uh, which can see in very sort of high definition. So like we may be using it when we read, or like if you put your hand out in front of you and you're looking at the details of the kind of lines on your hands. This is the kind of vision that's activated when we use central vision. It's the kind of vision that we use a lot throughout the day. Um, actually, I want to make sure I'm good. So, okay, the sound quality is good. Okay, well, what happens sometimes is that I switch from a good mic that I have to the, the mic that's in my desktop computer, which is lower quality. And I realized a couple a few weeks ago that it switched from one to the other without my knowing it. And so um, if you ever notice that the sound quality suddenly diminishes, just like wave a hand and let me know. And I'll <clears throat> um actually I guess that's kind of related to what we're talking you know it's like I feel like one of the forms on Zoom, video is never really that good. So I feel like the form of connection or the the form that connection takes for me on Zoom is sound. You know, it's it's the it's the thing that I feel brings us most immediately into each other's presence is our voices. So so I like to have the voice come through as clearly as possible. Okay. So anyway, back to um uh our gaze. <clears throat> and the other kind of vision that we all have access to is our peripheral vision or like a softer gaze. Okay. Um, and what's interesting is that central vision is actually um, directly connected to our sympathetic nervous system. It's the kind of vision that we use when we are on high alert. It's not necessarily always keyed up in this way, but it is connected to that part of our nervous system. And it makes sense. The sympathetic nervous system is the fight or flight system. If there's a threat in the environment, you're gonna to wanna to see as clearly as possible, like in a track in a way, right? Whatever might be out there, that might be a danger to you. Um, so, um, and peripheral vision is connected with the parasympathetic nervous system because it's the kind of vision that you can relax into when you're digesting or rusting. You know, you don't have anything to worry about. You're not, you're not tracking threats or monitoring threats in the environment, right? So you can be at ease. So one of the instructions that I often give and that meditation instructors often give when they're um, leading a guided meditation is let your eyes soften, you know? And I think it's not, doesn't just mean the muscles of the eye, so it means that in part, but also means let your gaze soften. Let yourself be at ease. Okay. So um, theory is all well and good, but there's nothing like experience, I think, to really um, sort of get the feel for what these concepts are referring to, which is the much more important thing. So, um, so try this with me, okay? So put your hands out in front of you, maybe like, you know, like, like you're reading a, a book in front of you or um, maybe even a little bit farther out, you know. Actually, the way I feel like I'm, I'm at church, I have a hymnal in my hand or something like that, okay? So, and just look carefully at the lines on your palms, 
Or maybe even better, try at this distance to make out the little whorls on the pads of your fingertips. Okay, and just feel what this form of seeing feels like in both the muscles of your eyes and just what it feels like as a kind of form of perception and consciousness. I know this might sound a little bit vague, but just like, how does it feel to look in this way? And really like look for details, right? Okay. Now, very slowly and gradually, I'd like you to begin to move each hand left and right. Till they end up eventually extended completely to your left and right. And as it moves outward in this way, let your vision track both hands so that you can continue to see your left and right hand. Of course, you can only do this by allowing your peripheral vision to become activated. And then, just as we did with the hands in front of us, feel how this feels in the muscles, the tissue around your eyes. And also how it feels just in your mind, in your consciousness, to look in this way. And now slowly, Bring your hands back together in front of you and see if you can feel the difference as your central vision becomes activated again. Really looking in a detailed way at the lines of your hands. Can you feel the slight tightening of the muscles, the activation of the muscles as you focus more intently? As your gaze narrows, you're really looking in one direction, focusing on particular details in front of you. And then one more time, gradually let your hands move outward and feel the relaxation that happens in the muscles of your eyes and also in the mind as it relaxes into this kind of soft peripheral vision. So this, okay, we're done with the hands now. So this kind of soft gaze is the gaze that's appropriate to meditation practice. It's like if you ever decide to meditate with your eyes open, perhaps because you're worried about being sleepy or you just want to stay connected with your environment. This is the form of vision that I encourage you to adopt. One where light is entering the eyes, but you're not focusing on anything in particular. Now let's try seeing how this feels like with our hearing and our ear. So to begin, start just noticing what kind of sounds you can hear in your environment and try to pick them out. Can you hear a car driving by? the street outside your house? Is there someone else in the house with you? Can you hear their footsteps or sounds they may be making elsewhere? Try to pick those out with your ear as well. Is your heating system making any noise? So this is that kind of hearing that's equivalent to central vision, right? With the eyes, we're really trying to pick out. And you can imagine, you know, being in a dark woods and the sound of a cracking of a branch somewhere behind you, something, okay, what's going on? 
and you, your ears become very intent, right? You're, you're listening for a particular sounds like, hey, what is that? Okay, what is that? And just as we did with our peripheral vision, though I think it's not so easy to describe how to do this, right? Now let yourself just become receptive in a totally open way to all of the sounds around you simultaneously where you're not trying to pick out or identify particular sounds, where you're almost like, and this is the image I sometimes use, it's like you're like a satellite disk, just passively receiving any kind of signal that might be coming your way. And can you feel any difference here, that kind of targeted hearing versus the soft, open hearing? With this soft, open hearing, it's as if we don't even have to use concepts or labels to name whatever we're hearing we just hear everything as vibrations you know it's like we let the sound vibrations move through us sometimes people people even suggest trying you know saying can you can you hear the sounds in your torso can you hear them can you hear with your legs can you imagine yourself as transparent to sounds? So the sounds just move through you. So this is the kind of hearing that we use when we use sound as an anchor in our meditation practice. Sometimes I'll say, while you continue following your breath, please open yourself up to all the sounds around you. This is a kind of soft, relaxed hearing, not keyed up, again, not on the alert for any kinds of threats, and not interested in identification, discrimination, conceptualization, just open. One time someone sent me, okay, that's good for now. One time someone sent me um, an article that was published in a psychology journal about the ways in which just walking through the woods can sometimes put you into a meditative state. And one of the things that this article was suggesting is that it's because, in part, the nature of sounds in the woods. You know, there isn't any one particular sound to pick up on. It's just you hear like the leaves you hear the crunch of the um, your steps in the undergrowth. You hear maybe the the movement, the bubbling of a of a stream, right, or a river nearby. So there is this it it see the, the experience of being in a forest that was seems to naturally evoke this kind of open auditory experience. Um, so it's almost as if without any kind of guidance, it's like the, the, you can think of it as the forest guiding us, right? And it's like natural wisdom. It's just it, to attend to it in this open way. Um, and so I think it's actually, it, I think it's a wonderful way of thinking about what it is about being in um, the forest or the woods that seems to help settle the mind. It's partly because I think we see the natural world around us, of course. But even there, it's a kind of like, the, the, you, you can, you know, you just, your eyes are just drawn here, you're drawn there. There's just so many things. There's not any one thing that's in the foreground taking all of your attention. The same thing with sounds. I think the experience really opens us up. I think it's one of the healing aspects of being in the woods for us. I think it was very deep, you know. So meditation, we can think of as a way of cultivating that kind of softness, the soft perception on the cushion in our home. It's partly what we're doing. Um, and so um, 
So I thought tonight we could do a practice that will include this kind of soft seeing and soft hearing, but among a few other things. And the whole idea of this practice that we're about to do is to just settle the body, to be present. And it's going to be slightly different from some of the practices I've done before. I'm going to um, I'm going to just give you a, a, a quick preview. So it's based on an acronym, okay, a, um, a set of letters that each stand for a certain kind of awareness. B B S S B B. It's a palindrome. It reads the same both ways. And the first B stands for balance. And it's just going to ask us to attend to the, the sense of balance in our body. The second B stands for breath. The, the first S stands for um, sensations. It'll ask us to attend to different sensations we feel in the body. And then the second S stands for senses. And that's where we'll open up our hearing and maybe even open our eyes and just let ourselves just take in the light of the room that we're in. The third B stands for the boundary. So we'll sense the, the sense the experience of the boundary of our body, feeling that, feeling the skin, feeling the, the sensations we have along the boundary of our body. And then the final B stands for boundless. We'll start to become aware of that which is beyond the boundary of the body and really feeling how actually that is as much a part of our experience as anything within the skin, that we don't end at the skin. So these are gonna be just little kind of markers to help move our awareness to different elements of our experience so that we become more grounded in the here and now. That's all, just, just actually very simple even though it sounds a little bit technical. Um, so let's do it, okay? All right. Um, so let's get comfy. And to start, let's just feel the balance of our body. And actually, as I like to even just very, very subtly, very gently sway my body a bit from side to side. Because I think there's no better way to sort of discover the point at which your body feels balanced than by kind of actually moving it in and out of balance. Feel, lean a little bit to the left, lean a little bit to the right. And as you do that, you'll start to feel just very naturally without needing to think about it at all. That center point, that center line where actually the body feels perfectly balanced, neither leaning to the left or the right. Let your body sway like a tree, like a stalk of bamboo like a reed, until it finds that point of balance. And not just left and right, but even try leaning forward and back a bit, until you find the place where you're neither leaning too far forward nor too far back. And you just feel the body assuming it's natural, balance point. It's a wonderful way just to feel the whole body finding its own sort of order, its own comfortable place. And now let's bring our awareness to the breath. And to begin, bring your awareness to the sensation of the inside of your nose. Feel the breath passing over the soft tissue inside your nostrils. 
We notice the texture of the breath. as it caresses the soft tissue in your nose. Now let your awareness move down a bit so you can feel the rise and fall of the chest. We're not forcing the breath, we're not manipulating the breath. Letting the breath breathe itself. And now let your awareness move down into the belly and just feel the rise and fall of the belly as you breathe in and out. And if you feel any tension in the belly, just invite the belly to soften. Now let your awareness expand enough so you can feel the breath in all three areas at once, the nose, the chest, and the belly, feeling just the whole passage of the breath in and out of the body. Now let's turn to the sensations in the body as a whole. Let's begin by just noting what kind of sensations we can feel in our legs. Just let your awareness gently, in a leisurely way, explore your legs moving up and down each leg. Just noticing what kind of sensations you feel. Just noticing, no need to do anything with the sensations, just letting them be as they are. How about the sensations up and down the back?
Can you feel the breath in the back, any movement in the lower back or the upper back as you breathe in and out? And how about the sensations up and down the front side of your torso, your belly, your chest? Not just the feelings of the breath, but also the other kinds of sensations that you may discover in the belly area, in the chest area. How about the sensations up and down your right arm? And now your left arm. Now let's bring our awareness to the very top of our head and notice the sensations there, the crown of our skull. What do you feel up there in the scalp, the very top of your body? Now let your awareness move down into your forehead area. What sensations do you feel there? And your eyes, the soft tissue around your eyes. Now your jaw muscles, the muscles that you use to chew. Remember, we're just noticing, not trying to change how anything feels, just letting be whatever we find. And now the sensations of your tongue. How does the tongue feel in the mouth? How is it positioned in the mouth? And what sensations do you feel in the tip of the tongue? Any tension? Any other kinds of sensations? about the big, meaty middle part of your tongue? And the back end of the tongue, how does that feel? And now your lips, sensations you feel in your lips. 
Now let's take a few moments just to feel the sensations up and down the body as a whole. Just letting your awareness take in the body as a whole, all the sensations flowing through it. Now I invite you to just half open your eyes, just enough so that light is entering, not so much so you can really see things very clearly. And just let your gaze be soft, letting light enter, letting your sight be totally unfocused. And you might even imagine that you are trying to see things all the way to your left and right simultaneously so that your peripheral vision is activated rather than your central vision. And while you do this now, Let your hearing be open as well. You're attending to all the sounds around you in this soft and receptive way. Now let's explore the sense of the boundary of our body. Bring your awareness to this surface of your body. Let your awareness explore the feelings, the sensations you can feel on the skin of your body. Perhaps you can feel the way that the clothes you're wearing feel on the skin of your body, especially in the places of your body where there's movement because you're breathing, slight movement. You can feel the slight movement of the cloth of your clothes, the fabric of your clothes on your skin. But of course, don't neglect to feel the places where there's no clothes on your skin, where your skin is exposed to the air of the space that you're in. Feel the quality of that air as it touches your bare skin. And now let your awareness move beyond the boundary of your body, feeling the totality of the space that you are in, letting your awareness take in the space of the room that you're in. And perhaps even farther, 
perhaps becoming aware of the space outside the room you're in, the house as a whole. space beyond the house, the outdoors. Where truly is the boundary of our existence? Does it really stop? where our skin is? Are we not aware and interconnected with what lies beyond? Let yourself feel that connection to what lies beyond. Now for the last few minutes of this practice tonight, let's just sit, enjoying the breath, feeling the breath moving in the body, feeling the body as a whole just sitting here, and being open to the sounds around us. Just sitting, just being. Okay, that's good for tonight. So that's the first time I've done that particular practice with this group. I would just be very curious to hear like how it was. Did, did people find it settling? Did you enjoy it? Um, maybe just a show of hands if you said, yeah, let's, that'll be worth doing again. <laughs> okay, cool. That's good to know. Good. Uh, particularly for me, I like the way that this, this sort of sequence of forms of awareness, I like the way that it makes me feel connected to the space around me. I, I enjoy that in particular. Um, obviously, almost all the elements you all are familiar with, you know, but um, I like the kind of movement and the balance. I actually, I like that balance. Thing. I think it's a really, it was a nice way to settle into the sitting. Um, you're sort of getting good posture at the same time. It's actually like just awareness in a kind of fluid way. Yeah. So, um, so the reason I, I did this practice is actually because someone sent me a, a question that they wanted, they, they hoped that I might address tonight. Um, and I actually don't know if this practice that we just did at all <laughs> responds in an adequate way to the question that I got. And you'll, you'll see what I mean in a moment. But, um, but, uh, but maybe it did. And anyway, I, I actually, in, in a bit, will really love to hear your thoughts about all this. But so this, this person who wrote in just said, you know, the world is cacophonous right now. We all know this, right? There is so much noise, so much chaos, so much suffering in the world. And it can become, it can feel overwhelming. Um, 
And so, so the person who wrote and said, you know, it is so noisy. Um, and might there be a way that um, soft listening, soft hearing might help us navigate the noise of the world right now? Um, and so he asked if I might offer practice that engages with hearing in this way. And so that's why I, I did what I did just now. But I think, um, you know, clearly this question is addressing something much bigger than just literal noise, right? It's like a, the kind of the noise that's um, just rubbing raw our spirits, right? Um, and um, and And I think it's really a question of how we can engage with the suffering in the world right now without becoming overwhelmed um in in some way and i think it's a a really profound question which i know i am completely unable to respond to in any adequate way but i just thought i would offer a few thoughts and then very much um be eager to hear how all of you are are navigating this moment because i think we're all feeling this right now and I think this is something that um, collectively we might be able to offer some, you know, at least come up with some collective wisdom about. Um, so, um, you know, some of what I'm going to just about to say is kind of obvious, but I'll just I'll, I'll just offer this as a way to start this conversation. Now, I think that um, given everything that's going on, there's some like obvious temptations, right? And one is just to tune things out. You know, to respond to the noise by saying, I'm not going to listen, you know, um, and retreat into our own little bubble. Um, and I think one could even try to use meditation practice in this way. But I think it would, there's a, a huge loss that comes with this, right? Um, I think you can feel a certain kind of perhaps artificially created inner peace in this way just by not attending to what's going on. Um, but I think it also um, can lead to us feeling disconnected um, from the world and um, disconnected from, um, yeah. And I think it's also, you know, it, it needs to be said that not everyone has the ability to tune things out, right? And so it's like, it's, um, I think there's a, um, I think there'd be a certain kind of bad conscience that could come with that as well. Feel like I'm just not being a citizen of this world as it is, you know. But I think that temptation needs to be acknowledged. And I think I know there have been times where I've said, "This is too much. I need to take a break." And I think that's actually important. I think it's different from completely tuning out, like taking. Um, and I think so. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. I was because I think the other temptation, the reverse temptation is staying like overly informed, <laughs> you know, like trying to listen to and read and watch everything um, in a kind of almost compulsive way. Um, and um, and we end up just drowning in in the noise, right? We become we become sort of overwhelmed by it. But it's weird. It's almost like there's not like, and I've done this as well, you know, um, and I'm guessing a lot of you have too, where you start to just like, read every notification that comes through right right read the news read every, not just read the stories but then read more stories about the news you know trying to get even more and more information about everything um and um and uh, it's a little bit like when you know um you see everyone gawking at a car accident or something. It's like they can't actually do anything to help, but they just feel like drawn. It's like the eyes have a kind of hunger. And I think it's actually the eyes of definitely that kind of activated sympathetic nervous system kind of seeing, right? Where you're just like, and you just get, it's, um, you, you, um, and anyway, actually, I'd be curious to hear people's explanations for what, the, I think we all know what I'm talking about. We've all probably been there at different times, but like what it is about that kind of hunger, that um, that kind of um, obsessive kind of thirst for more and more. Um, and it's, some of it's stimulation, you know, and, and 
Um, and I think some of it also might be a little, almost like a form of self self-flagellation. You know, it's like, um, it's so it's our way of sharing the pain. It's not doing it in a way that actually helps anyone, but it's just almost like we become like one with the pain by just kind of disturbing our, our own, like, you know, peace continuously. Um, and I think there's also, I think, um, an element of guilt that can be involved in this kind of obsessive tracking of the news where we feel somehow like we should be able to do something about it. Um, and that, um, and there is a, a real kind of focus on our own inadequacy, right? And our own powerlessness and helplessness when I think we get trapped in this way. And so I think, you know, the real trick is, right? Like, how do we each find our own way of balancing? Like, not tuning out, staying connected to the world, staying informed about what's happening, but not in a way where we completely lose all sense of peace, you know, in ourselves. Because not only does that not help anyone, but then it 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 deteriorates, um, it corrodes our ability to actually be there for the people in our world, right? The people who actually are counting on us for presence and care. And so I think, think this is the thing, it's not as, you know, I, I think, you know, we've seen it in ourselves or like if you have partners, you've seen it sometimes, you're, you know, your partner's overly obsessed with the news and you feel like they actually are distant and kind of almost like depressed and, and disconnected because they're so caught up in what's going on out there that they actually have lost track of the connection that's here, right? right? And, um, and so I think, um, you know, so again, I don't, I do not have anything that approximates like an answer to this this person's question. But I feel like one thing that's really important is that we do something. You know, look, one is that we do anything that we can, doesn't have to be big or huge, right? To be of service to the world. It doesn't mean necessarily that we can help with what's going on in Ukraine. It doesn't mean we can help exactly with what's going on in Turkey, though we can donate, we can do something. But also it means, can we do, can we feel like we're doing something? Are we agents? of positive change in our world. Meaning, can we help the people who are proximate to us, the people in our family, the people we work with, right? Um, or are we so lost in the news that we actually are now just like not even really attending to the people around us who we can be of service to, you know? Um, so for me, I think that is, I think, one of the key things is really feeling like, um, even if I can't help everything, and no one can, no one can bear or help everything, can I be someone who actually does something that helps make this world a little bit better, you know? Um, and that helps us stay connected, um, feel like part of a community, feel like part of this world. So um, anyway, you know, this is a little bit like, Pablum. I mean, it's like not, not, nothing of this sounds like really like new or anything, but I just like, I want to start, you know, by sort of saying like, that's why I did the practice that we did today. I think, and I'd be curious about, you know, whether anyone could sense any connection there, but also like how I think about the day, you know, and I think that's why like sometimes we can feel like our senses, you know, we can almost feel the tightening up of the ear, feel the tightening up of the eyes, right? Especially like, you know, because so much of what we imbibe is through screens, right? And you can literally feel the fatigue in your eyes when you're just like gazing in this kind of both blank, but also kind of ravenous way at all this news, right? And I think actually being alert to that, feeling almost the physical toll that overexposure to all this takes. And I say, wait, maybe I can pull back a little bit, you know? Um, and so I think this that, that may be one connection. It's like mindfulness of the body, mindfulness of the senses can help us sense when we're tipping over into a certain kind of exposure that's not doing anyone any good, you know. Um, so anyway, um, but we've like I said, we've all struggled with this. God knows, especially the last few years. I'm just thinking like, wow, 2020, 2023, like this has been one hell of a stretch, right? Um, so what would you all say to this person who's saying like just the cacophony like how how do we deal with it right um so 
just going to open the floor and say, if you have something, I think all of us would love to hear. And maybe it's just hearing the sharing of like, I don't know, but I know what that person's means. <laughs> now that alone could be helpful, right? So by the way, this is an example of me being willing to speak about things that I'm not all sure that I have anything worthwhile to say. So I'm just like, I'm willing to be vulnerable and say things that might sound totally stupid, but like, hey, we're here, right? So why not? I trust you guys. I really do. So I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And I think um, for me, the ability to help anyone or any group in some way, no matter how minor, um, is very fulfilling and helps to ground you and to help you keep keep going on despite all these other things that you could think about. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. Well, I feel grateful that I have a partner that I could share this, uh, these issues with. Mm. And, um, you know, w when I worked, I traveled extensively. And now, um, since I've retired, I'm home all the time. I didn't know how that was going to work out because the long marriage that we've had, uh, she says, I've been married for 30 years, but Bill's only been around 15. So, so. So being able to share that with another human being has been great. And now we're starting to loosen up a little bit, uh, go out, going out a little more, having friends come over. We're not doing restaurants or going to the theater like we used to, um, but we're having people come over and um, getting in touch with them and how they're doing as well helps us expand ourselves. But it's a, it is a sad time. I mean, it's... Uh, in the newspaper today, um, a boy got shot outside of a, a Burger King a few uh, nights ago, and uh, the cops had to take the wounded soul to the hospital because the ambulance service was couldn't get there within 45 minutes, and the boy died. So we don't even have ambulance service that's adequate to serve our community. So uh, that's one thing I'm going to work on right away. Uh, to try to, you know, writing a letter to the editorial letter and so forth. And then also see if I can divert some of the funds that they want to do some community improvements with to get a better ambulance service. Mm -hmm. But that's my two cents. But the meditation tonight was really great because um, listening to you, I couldn't focus. I didn't focus on what my internal mind was telling me. I was focused on what you were suggesting we do. And I think for my morning sittings, at least for another week, I'm going to go back to this and practice, use this as my practice every day. Thank you, Bill, for all that. And good luck with that work you're going to do. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. I don't have much of a voice and I don't have much to add, but Hi, Jenna. <laughs> I, um, I just wanted to say that I really appreciated both the sitting and then the topic raised and what people have added. So just that. Good to see you. Bernie, I just needed to say, I've been doing this for so many years. I started in North Adams when I was still living there. And, but tonight's sitting, it was the most peaceful, deepest time I've had since, you know, we've been doing this. It was so wonderful. So I really appreciate it. I just, maybe I'll do what that gentleman just said, you know, do it some more, take the recording. But it was just so effective. It was amazing. I really appreciated it. So peaceful. Thank mm. you. I'm glad, Jane. Actually, what Bill said, I thought actually, um, I, I think suggested another kind of like, sign to look out for right when you can't stop the inner monologue right or the inner kind of ticker tape uh, i think that's when when you when when we you know we can feel that sense of like overload 
when the mind can't stop like ruminating over the 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 news that we're hearing right it's one thing is staying informed but another thing is being unable to think about um anything else and i think that is one of the things that's so beneficial about practices like what we do together is that it does give the mind a chance to quiet right or to have something else you know um to to be with for a bit um yeah i think that's yeah when when we can't sleep when we're feeling so anxious we can't stop thinking about something those are i think those are signs like oh wait maybe and i know i've, I've been there you know i def definitely like during the pandemic there were times where i was like reading watching way more than i i needed to um um and it affected how i you know just felt my uh, even when trying to go to sleep hey bernie hi denise so uh, i find myself weeping often watching the news mm -hmm. and i don't find it to be disturbing i I feel as if it's it's something that uh, it, it relieves me. It, mm. There's a relief in that. So um, I think in connection to this meditation today and what I find oftentimes lately is that I immediately feel a pumping in my heart when there's any type of guided, concentrated uh, uh, suggestion. And when you went into how we feel in our heads, I became very, very hot in mm. my in my head. Mm. Um, and I feel this is very connected to even when I'm aware of watching the news and being overwhelmed and having to cry. Mm. Uh, it's just a very um, sensitive uh, expression of how I feel about what's really happening. Then. Yeah. I just let it happen. Yeah that's really important denise thank you and um the bodhisattva compassion in buddhism is described as the one who hears the cries of the world right um and so it's it's not about not hearing those cries right and not responding to them in the way that you do um and i don't think that's what this person was suggesting either it's it's just like it's not about not hearing the cries right it's it's um it's almost like what happens when even that response of weeping, that natural response becomes difficult because we're kind of like so jangles, you know, like, um, and that can happen to you. Yeah. Well, it's 8.31. So maybe this is a good time to call it an evening. Um, so would you all mind if we sat for just half a, half a minute? I said not half an hour, <laughs> half a minute together, um, just to end with some silence. Um, say good night. All right, everybody. So the audio recording of tonight's class will be up by tomorrow morning. Um, and if anyone wants to use this as a practice and um, wonderful, as always, to see you all. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much, Bernie. You were so effective tonight. I feel so good. Thank you. Well, good night, Jean. Okay. <laughs> Take care. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Bernie. Take thank care. You. Good night.